Amen. Well, it's a, it was an encouraging morning so far, so I just want to reiterate just happy Mother's Day to everybody. Um, you know, it's, I, I think especially a, a word of encouragement. I, I know Reuben mentioned it. You know, I, I think it's an encouraging time. But, you know, I also want to encourage those that have lost mothers or, or, or even mothers who have lost children, you know, so uh, just happy Mother's Day. You know, it's a special uh, day for me this morning because uh, I have a special treat because it's my, uh, my mom lives in Arizona, so I don't get to spend Mother's Day with her that often, but my mom's in town here right, right now, so uh, my mom and dad. And, uh, and also my uh, sister Vivian, who's a mom of two, and my brother-in-law Rob, so, uh, it's, so it's great to have them here. Um, and uh, it was, you know, that, uh, that video with all the kids was really encouraging, and and it's funny, you know, you kind of worry if you put a camera in front of kids what they're going to say. Um, you know, so luckily, you know, I, I assure you that uh, we didn't have to edit anything out of the video, so that was encouraging. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you never know what elementary school kids are going to say. Um, but I, I have a, a, a thing here that, uh, we, uh, that asked a lot of elementary school kids about their moms. And a lot of them were questions like, why God made moms? And so here's, uh, here's some of the things. Uh, why did God make mothers? Well, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. Um, you know, mostly to clean the house. Um, to, to help us out there when we were getting born. You know, um, you know how about uh, how did God make mothers? Well, you know, he used dirt just like for the rest of us. Um, and also, how did God make mothers? Well, magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. So, uh, I don't know, if it were me, I would have reasoned if you have magic plus superpowers, you probably wouldn't need to stir. So, uh, that's just me. Um, but, you know, why did God make mothers? Well, God made my mom just the same like he made me. He just used bigger parts. <laughs> and this is my favorite. You know, what, in, what ingredients are mothers made of? Well, you know, God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. <laughs> yeah, one dab of mean. Um, you know, I think that was probably uh, Trisha's, uh, Trish Leiby's uh, uh, kids because, uh, you know, Trish is always, like, uh, so nice and sweet, but you know when it comes down to it, she's laying the law down in the house. Um, okay, well, um, you know, what, what ingredients are mothers made of? They, well, they, they had to get their start from men's bones. Then they used mostly string, I think. Um, why, did give, why did God give your mother and not, well, why did God give you your mother and not some other mom? Well, we're, we're related. <laughs> you know, I, I tested that theory, and it's actually true. Um, you know, well, God knew she likes me a lot more than other people moms, people's moms like me. Okay, what kind of little girl was your mom? Well, my mom has always been my mom and none of that other stuff. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, I wasn't there, but my guess would be pretty bossy. Or, uh, or what kind of little girl was your mom? They, they say she used to be nice. <laughs> Well, I just, I just want to know who this th they are. <laughs> um, okay, what did mom need to know when, about dad before she married him? Well, his last name. Um, okay, 
Or, uh, or she had to know his background. Like, is he a crook? Does he get drunk on beer? Um, you know, standard's pretty low. I, I, think, I think that was Anna's standards, because that's how I made it. Um, you know, what did uh, mom need to know about dad? Well, does he make a, at least a $800 a year? Uh, did he say no to drugs and yes to chores? Um, and wh why, did, why did your mom marry your dad? Well, she got too old to do anything else with them. Um, or, uh, my grandma says that mom didn't have her thinking cap on. Okay, who's, who's the boss at your house? Well, mom doesn't want to be the boss, but she has to because dad's such a goofball. Um, mom, you can tell by room inspection. She sees the stuff under the bed. Okay, what's the difference between moms and dads? Well, moms work at work and work at home, and dads just go to work at work. And uh, moms know about how to talk to teachers without scaring them. And then uh, dads are taller and stronger, but moms have all the real power, because that's who you got to ask if you want to sleep over at your friends. <laughs> you know, moms have magic, but they, moms have magic. They make you feel better without medicine. And if, if you could change one thing about your mom, what would it be? Well, she has this weird thing about me keeping my room clean. I'd get rid of that. <laughs> and I'd make my mom smarter. Then she would, she would know it was my sister who did it and not me. <laughs> and I would like for her to get rid of those invisible eyes on her back. You know, so, so it's, it's great to hear what kids say about their moms. But, uh, but you know, the thing about uh, moms is it's, it's so encouraging and inspirational about the character of moms, and that's, that's who we're really going to talk about t today. And, uh, but, you know, one thing that, uh, that I always thought about, I'm sure all of you have thought about at some point, is, uh, you know, moms are so incredible and they have so many great qualities, but, you know, why isn't there, you know, if you look at the, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, why isn't there a mom? You know, does that mean that, uh, you know, that mean that we're gonna, when we get to heaven, uh, heaven's going to be messy? Or, uh, or we're actually going to be eating a lot of microwave meals in, in, in heaven? Well, no, because, uh, you know, God is perfect, you know, and he displays every quality. And, and, and I think that's exactly it, is that when you put the best of, of uh, men and women together, like in a marriage relationship, when you have the best of moms and, and dads, fathers together, that's, that's how you together display God's qualities the most. And it's, and it's the, exactly those qualities of moms that, that really are the ones that imitate best, I think, you know, the qualities that Jesus himself has. You know, and, and, we're, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today is, um, oh, pointing this way. Um, you know, so basically the, uh, the title of the sermon today is we're going to talk about, you know, as you, as you uh, be like moms, you're going to be like Christ. And so, uh, so that, that's the, the, the call here today is to be like Christ uh, and be, you know, be like moms. And so, and it's more than just, uh, you know, it's more than just uh, a Facebook type like. You know, uh, I mean, you know, basically, you know, um, 
as soon as you hear the sermon here today, you know, don't just click like and, and then go on and, and post about food the rest of the day. You know, you've got to be transformed to be more like Christ. And so, in, in, in being more like Christ, um, we're going to look at our theme passage in Philippians 2. And, you know, I've got a challenge here today because, um, you know, we've, we've got to talk about and be encouraged, celebrate moms and be encouraging the moms. Uh, we've got to, we've, we also are talking about um, Philippians. We're in a, and we're in the book of Philippians, and we're, gonna, we're reading uh, the second chapter of Philippians today. We're, um, you know, we did chapter one last week. So we've we got to talk about chapter two of Philippians. We've got to talk about, uh, you know, remembering Christ in the communion. And, uh, and it's, and, and it's got to be convicting. And also there's got to be enough jokes in there to keep everybody uh, awake this morning because we're all, you know, it's early in the morning. So uh, I say all that to, to lower your expectations. So, uh, you know. so anyway, but, uh, you know, exa- that's what we're going to really talk about today. Let's, let's uh, turn to Philippians chapter 2. And basically he says here, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so, you know, you, you see this example here, and, and he's, Paul is saying, you know, if you've got, if you've received any comfort, any encouragement from Christ, you know, I mean, that's a rhetorical question, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, who, who else have we received more from? You know, if you've received any of this, then I want you to just go ahead and be like that. You know, and, and seeing what Christ is like, you know, I want you to be like Christ. And these are the, you know, I, I think these are the exact qualities we see in moms as well. You know, one of comfort, love, you know, tenderness, compassion, you know, uh, thinking about others before yourself. You know, what greater example is that than, than a mom? But, you know, what greater example is that than Jesus Christ himself? And so that's the call here today is to be like Christ, to be like others. He says here in verse 5, your attitude should be, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that, it, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Lord um, to the glory of the Father. You know, and so, I mean, what an example that, of Jesus, you know, of, of total self-sacrifice. And so, you know, we're, we're going to look at a couple points here today that, qualities that I want us to imitate out of this passage. You know, it says, be like moms, be like Christ, in, in a couple areas. You know, in understanding, in being comforting, in selfless sacrifice. 
you know, these are qualities that I really want us to adhere to today. And, uh, you know, I know the, the UCLA grads among us, uh, Todd and, and uh, Ruben, are, are probably cynically thinking, I knew he was going to sublimely put the letters USC in there somehow. Um, you know, I, I was actually going to try to do mom uh, and MOM, but, you know, there's only so much you can do with a thesaurus and try to make things fit. So I had to use, uh, had to use these terms. Uh, besides, I would have put USC, but I, I needed to put the S at the end. Um, you know, so, you know, our first, first thing we're going to look at here is understanding. Turn over to Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to look at the example that Jesus uh, sets before us in Matthew 11. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, what more inspiring and comforting words that you can hear from Jesus than to, to understand that he understands our burdens. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our failures. He understands our sins. And yet, he's able to, to, to have compassion, to have understanding. And, and, and basically, he says, you know, don't worry. You know, I'm going to take on those burdens. And, you know, it's, it, it, and one thing I realized as I was reading this, it's more than just saying, Jesus saying, well, you know, I'm going I'm to make your, your burden lighter. You know, the burden is always heavy. The burden is always there. It's just that you're, you're taking on the burden with Jesus at your side. You know, you've got the yoke there next to you, and, and Jesus is taking on the brunt of the burden. You know, and that's exactly Jesus' heart for us. That's exactly Jesus' heart of understanding is, is to take on our burdens, to have compassion. And, um, you know, I want to give you an example of a mom uh, that... Uh, as an example of understanding. And, and basically, I read this article, and it was entitled, uh, Ann Ravenscroft, A Mom in a Million. And so uh, it says here, you know, every morning, Ann Ravenscroft gently wakes her beloved daughter, Heidi, so that she can wash and dress her needy, uh, and dress her ready to start the day. Later, as she carefully spoon-feeds Heidi for breakfast, Anne chats about the weather and the birds she can see through the window, in between telling her daughter what a, what a uh, very special girl she is. All day long, Anne is there to wait on her daughter's every need, be it changing her nappy, feeding her, lifting her up, or taking her for walks. Nothing's too big or small a demand. But, ma but Anne is no uh, new mother getting on with the daily routine of caring for her baby. She's 81 and a grandmother. And her 46-year-old daughter is so severely disabled that she can't speak, walk, or do anything else without her mother's help. Heidi has a neurological condition called Rett syndrome, which has left her doubly incontinent, physically and mentally impaired and unable to communicate. She cannot, she cannot even get into her wheelchair by herself. Ever since she was born, her main carer has been her mom, Anne a remarkable lady for whom slipping into old age and enjoying the chance for her children to look after her has never been an option. For 46 years, Anne has thrown herself into this exhausting role and continues to fulfill her da daughter's every need with the energy and vigor of a woman many years her junior. 
And it is with this, for this unstinting devotion and tireless dedication that Anne has been crowned winner of the Carrier of the Year Awards. Uh, our panel of judges chose Anne because of her unfaltering patience and kindness and the good grace and modesty with which she continues to carry out this role at an age when even the most dedicated carer might be thinking of retirement. And Anne admits that her relationship with Heidi is unique. I suppose on paper, it doesn't really seem possible, she says with a smile. Here you have an 81-year-old pensioner looking after her 46-year-old daughter. Anyone reading that would say that it should surely be the other way around. In fact, Heidi was a perfectly normal baby when she was born in 1964. She was a picture of health, uh, and up until the, the age of 18 months was like any other baby. She started walking and talking and was proudly calling Anne mummy. But the last time Anne heard that word was 44 years ago, when Heidi was two. Not long after that, Heidi began a regression from which she was never to recover. Over a period of five years, Heidi, the youngest of Anne and Regis' four children, lost the ability to feed herself, to sit unaided, and then to use her hands until finally she could no, no longer walk. That's one of the many things that I'm thankful for. It's an incredible thing still to be needed by someone at my age. In many ways, that feels like a gift itself. When I do get tired, I don't think, poor me, or I think, poor Heidi. I often wonder what life might have been like for her if she hadn't been born with this condition. Thinking of what she missed out on has always been my inspiration for making sure she feels loved and wanted by me. It's hard work, admits Anne. We eat breakfast at eight, and then we get Heidi up, washed and fed. Um, if the weather's nice, we take her for a walk in, a, in her wheelchair. Otherwise, we just sit and chat with her in between mealtimes and remind her how very loved she is. We give her lots of cuddles and continue to, to include her in all we do. It doesn't feel like very much to me because it's what we've always done. I know Heidi's happy when her eyes shine a little brighter, and sometimes I even catch a glimpse of the faintest of smiles. When she's sad or uncomfortable, a tiny furrow appears on her brow. But beyond that, I can't know what she's feeling or thinking. The main thing for me is that my daughter knows that I love her and only have to look into her face to feel sure that she does. Heidi has taught me a level of compassion and understanding that no one else could. She has given my life great purpose and meaning, which is a gift greater than anything I've ever done for her. You know, those are, I mean, that's an inspiring story of, of compassion and understanding. You know, to, to understand someone's weaknesses, you know, to not resent the fact that, okay, well, this person can't do anything for me. I've got to do everything for this other person. I've got to give totally to this other person. But that's what moms do. That, yeah, I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's so many inspiring stories just like Anne, but that's exactly the heart that Jesus is trying to teach us in Philippians 2. It's to look beyond, you know, look beyond our own little, uh, you know, everyone's own little faults. You know, look beyond what someone has, may have done for you, but to look at someone with compassion and understanding. You know, I, don't, I, you know, I wanted to go ahead and, uh, uh, and just, you know, say some things that's on my heart, you know, so I, I don't know if it's okay to preach to you this morning. I don't, I don't know if it's, too, if it's too early in the morning to preach, but, uh, but you know, one of the things that, uh, that's been on my heart is that it's amazing, you know, in society today, you know, how we preach understanding 
And yet, I think we're a lot less tolerant than we've ever been. You know, I mean, you think about, you know, just how easy it is with, uh, uh, you know, just with technology nowadays. You know, we've become a lot less impatient with things. You know, everything's got to happen. Everything's got to change quickly. Everything's got to, you know, everything's got to uh, respond instantaneously. You know, and, and there's so many different uh, platforms to voice your opinions. You know, you can Twitter, you can Facebook, you can, you know, you can text and you can voice text and you can do everything else. And, and it's amazing how just, you know, we can, you know, as a society, we can spit out our opinion so easily. And uh, you, you look at all these television programs, you know, I, I, you know, I was watching one of these uh, court type uh, programs, but it's just, you know, like there's eight faces there and they're all talking about, well, this is what should have happened and what could have happened. And, and I remember watching this one show and, and uh, this, this one guy was uh, uh, under suspicion because uh, his daughter was missing. And, and you hear all these analysts thinking, well, you know, well, you know, I think, you know, if he was a good dad, he wouldn't have done this. If he, you know, and, and they started going off on all these things of what they thought was right. And yet, uh, yet it turned out the guy was, poor guy was innocent. You know, and, 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 but hearing all that, you're, you're getting all riled up thinking, wow, you know, man, that guy does look you know, look like a, a, you know, a criminal or something like that, you know, but, you know, that's exactly the way we are as a society, you know, you think about how we demand perfection of others, uh, you know, I feel sorry for uh, presidents and, and, and high-level politicians because, you know, you can imagine, you know, your life is in front of everybody and, and um, you know, you think about, I mean, if you really think about it, you know, I, I don't care which party you're a part of, but, you know, these guys are, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, Yale, Harvard, you know, they're running multi-million dollar businesses, and, you know, they're doing all these things, you know, they're, 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 they're incredibly smart people, and yet, you know, they do one mispronunciation of word, and everybody's going, man, that guy's dumb, you know, it's like, I can't believe him, you know, and, and it's like, you know, imagine holding that standard to ourselves, you know, when's the last time you said something you'd want to take back? I mean, you know, you're going back, uh, you know, I mean, you've got video and audio and, you know, and, and, you know on, on all these people, and they're going back three, four years, and it's like, well, remember what this guy said three years ago, you know, how about what we said this morning? You know, uh, and it's, it's incredible, you know, how about sports, you know, sports athletes, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, you, you, this guy passes too much, you know, this guy doesn't pass enough, it's like, you know, I can't believe this. I mean, he's only the, the top five best player in the, world, in the history of basketball. And, and it's like, you know, and, and yet we can sit there and think about, you know, what this guy's faults are. You know, and, and I think that we just can't allow that type of attitude to creep in our church. You know, we can't, you know, we've got to have a level of understanding uh, that is like Jesus. You know, I mean, um, you, you, can, you can think, well, that guy's, uh, you know, that guy's talking too much. He's not talking enough. He's, ta he's talking about the campus and too much. He's talking about the singles too much. He's talking about the Marys too much. You know, it's like, you know, just, just have a level of understanding, you know, amongst us. You know, with, uh, I mean, you know, with your teen, teen workers, with your, you know, your small group workers, you know, for, for, you know, each other, you know, as brothers and sisters. You know, we read too much into things. You know, we can say, you know, we can say, well, you know, brother, you didn't give me a hug when I came into church. And then the, the poor guy is saying, well, well, you know, I had to run to the bathroom. And, you know, it's like, you know, and you read into it and you go, well, if you really loved me, you would have stopped an extra 10 seconds to, uh, to hug me. 
you know, and we, we, we've got to, we, you know, we've got to imitate moms in this aspect. Imitate Christ and to have more patience with people. Um, you know, um, You know, we, we've, I think we're just a, a little too demanding. You know, I think, you know, let me, let me let you in on a, a, se- a little secret. You know, we aren't that lovable. You aren't that lovable. You know, you aren't that great. You know, you think about Jesus, you know, I, I really thought about this as I was ripping, reading through Philippians. You know, Jesus is saying, you know, or the scripture is saying, you know, Jesus had to humble himself to be more like you. You know, to come down on earth and to look like you. You know, to, to, you know, Jesus had to leave the glory of heaven to look more like Reuben. You know, uh, you know to have the, uh, the body of Brent Geppert. You know, to, uh, to have long hair like Soma. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, you think about, you know, that's what Jesus' heart was, though, is to, to, to humble himself for other people. You know, he didn't look at us and, um, and, and look at our faults and, and our sins, because we are sinful people. We, we fail people all the time. You know, we, you know we, are the, we are the Heides. You know, we are the ones that need, um, you know, we are the ones with, with, with faults that need compassion, need understanding, and yet Jesus is the one that gave it to us. So we need to give that to other people. Um, you know, and uh, one of the one great example we won't read through, but you know, just later on in the chapter uh, in Philippians two, is it basically Paul talks about Timothy and saying, you know, I've got nobody else like him. Well, you know, he wasn't bold. He, you know, he was timid. He was young. He didn't have all the the sage old wisdom. You know, but the one quality he had was that he. He, 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 uh, he basically ha- um, showed genuine concern for people's welfare. He had understanding. You know, and, and Paul, amongst all the other people, he said, I have got no one else like him. You know, how are you valuable to God? Is, is basically, you be someone uh, of understanding. You know, where, where someone could say, you know, I have got no one else like you because you have understanding. And so, um, for you clock watchers out there, I, I put everything in the first uh, uh, point, so don't worry, the last two uh, points are pretty quick. Uh, but, the, uh, the, you know, the, the other thing that's great about moms is just how comforting they are. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean if, if, if I think about growing up, you know, um, I didn't really, I didn't really have, take a lot of medicine or something like that. You know, there's, there's nothing, you know, you can go through aisles and aisles of medicine, but... There was nothing more comforting than my mom making me hot, warm milk, you know, more milk. You know, just, just the, uh, I think that, that, you know, that itself was enough to heal me of anything. You know, but that's, isn't that it with moms? Is they, they've got this power to heal us, right? You know, um, you know, it's interesting. I was reading this article because uh, um, I, guess, I guess there's some hormones uh, that, that really, um, you know, different types of hormones. There's a, there's a stress hormone, cortisol, which they did, the University of uh, Wisconsin did this test, and they put uh, elementary school or um, middle-aged school kids in front of uh, the, 
you know, in a public speaking role doing hard math problems. And then they tested all their stress hormones and, it's, and obviously it all went up. And then afterwards, they, uh, they had their moms comfort them afterwards. And then they had all these uh, hormones, oxytocin, which is kind of that uh, hormone that, that you feel when mothers and kids bond and, and, and all their stress levels went down. And so there's some truth to that, you know, that, that, that mothers do, really do have uh, powers to heal us. But, you know, what I want to encourage you with is that that is, that is attainable for us. You know, you have, you know, let me let you in another secret. You, you have super plus magic powers. You know, you have the ability to comfort people. And that's exactly what he says in Philippians 2 is that, you know, because you've received this from Christ, you know, you can give that to other people. You know, as you're comforted, as, 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 as you're given, you can give that to other people. And think about what you can do. You know, how can you help others? Man, you, you've got the ability to encourage people. You've got the ability to turn people around. I mean, you, there's so many stories of moms, uh, you know, people attributing their whole life success to their moms. You know, but they're not the only ones that could do that. You know, because what it takes is love and compassion and just the heart to comfort people. So use the powers you've been given. Be like moms. Be like Christ. Be a comforter. You know, and finally, oh, in, uh, in Isaiah 66, 16, it says, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You know, isn't that wonderful that God compares his love to that of a mother? Um, and finally, you know, selfless sacrifice. Um, and what, who displays sacrifice better than a mom? And I, I've got this, in, there's this interesting story called Rizpah. And uh, I'm sure all of you remember the story of Rizpah, right? So, yeah. Um, I didn't know either. But uh, in 2 Samuel 21, you know, here you have this example. And, and what had happened was, you know, Saul went and, and killed all these, uh, he, he went back on a treaty and killed all these Gibeonites. And in retribution, they killed seven of uh, Saul's uh, grandsons. And two of them were the only sons that Rizpah had. And it says, uh, Rizpah, daughter of Ea, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. So you hear, here you have this picture of this, this mother who's lost her two sons. And their bodies are sitting there and they're deteriorating and, she, and, and her, her love drives her to protect their bodies. You know, because even as they're deteriorating on the outside, you know, her love for them never waned. You know, and so, so her, her love was, was embodied in the fact that she was protecting, you know, these bodies from all the animals and all the birds and everything that was, was coming upon the bodies. And, and the interesting thing there is that, you know, from the harvest, you know, the harvest is in April. And then, uh, you know, um, a lot of the uh, scholars talk about the, the rains that he's talking about are the autumnal rains, which happen in October. So for seven months, this mom was out there, day and night, fending off animals and birds 
from the, the bodies of her children. You know, what an incredible sacrifice. I mean, here you have a picture of uh, Rispa, which is uh, from an 1812 etching in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And, uh, you know, you have her just fending off with a torch the, uh, the, the, the animals at night. Um, if you look closely at the bottom left, you can see, see some feet there from the uh, body. But, uh, you know, I mean, you think about what an incredible example of sacrifice. But that, you know, that's what moms are like. You know, to have that type of love. You know, um, but what does that remind you of? You know, Jesus fought over our souls. You know, I mean, he fended off uh, Satan for us. You know, in a garden, he wrestled in prayer. In the praetorium, he stood between us and the lashes we deserved. You know, on a hill, on a cross, he staved off eternal condemnation that was coming for our souls, sacrificing his own life. You know, we're called to be selfless and, 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 and sacrificed for others because he sacrificed for us. You know, let's, let's think about the example of moms around us. Let's think about the example of Christ, you know, who, who, who looks beyond his own interests but looks after ours. Let's be people that love others. Let's, you know, let's, uh, let's meditate on that, those examples, being like Christ and being like moms. So have a happy Mother's Day as we pray for communion. Father, we uh, thank you, Father, for your understanding. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for your selfless sacrifice. And I pray that those are the qualities that we imitate, Father, that we, we become people that look beyond our interests, Father. But think more about other people, Father. Uh, just be more gracious, be more understanding. And, uh, Father, thank you for your love and your sacrifice and the way you protected us and, and fought so hard for our souls. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.